Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Hey, everybody. Guess what's back? It's not cookies. It's not muffins. It's biscuits. A hockey podcast with an ice cream sandwich logo that we get crap about. And I'm Dave, Dave Lozo of, I guess, Vice Sports and some other stuff. And my Canadian buddy. Hi, Sean. Hey, Dave. How have you been? Well, we haven't really talked like this in like six months, so let me recap everything that's happened in my life. Uh, married, divorced, bought a house, uh, lost it, couldn't pay the mortgage, uh, re-enrolled in college, uh, became a doctor, uh, malpractice thing, can't really get into that yet, it's still ongoing, and uh, I'm back doing the hockey podcast thing. What have you been up to? Right on. I, uh, I played video games <laughs> and took a lot of naps. God, why don't I do that? This malpractice thing is going to break me. Um, as you can probably tell by the, the amount of minutes left on the show, this is an abbreviated, uh, uh, podcast, but you know what? You haven't gotten anything from us in months, so you're going to take this and you're going to like it and you're going to be happy about it. And we're going to just get into the biggest news of the day. Uh, we missed the first month of the season, so we're just going to do this podcast as if it's actually October 1st and the Vegas Golden Knights, they're one to know, uh, they looked good in their opener. Uh, Marc-Andre Fleury, I feel like if the goaltending stays healthy, they're, they're, they're going to be a really tough team to beat. And, um, yeah, I think that I think that's going to be the big story the first half of the season. Healthy Golden Knights winning a lot of games with their goaltending. I think I think they're going to be right up there with the New Jersey Devils uh, at the top of the league. Yeah, I can I I really feel like them the Devils uh they're going to be they're going to be the teams that are going to be the teams to beat. I, I really feel like Montreal is 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 going to struggle. Uh Arizona might not win a game in regulation all season, I'm going to say. And uh I mean, these are just these are just October 7th predictions, so we'll see how they pan out. Uh, I, I think that's all the time we have for that bit <laughs> because it's because we only have so much time to do this. So it is Tuesday. It is election day in America, the one year anniversary of the worst day of many of our lives. Uh, but it's also the start of a whole new world for Matt Duchesne and for Kyle Turris and for a bunch of other guys. I think that cheeseburger goalie as well has got a new 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 address. But um, I expected that since the last time we did a podcast, we pretty much would spend 10 to 15 minutes on every episode of Biscuits talking about how dumb Joe Sackick is. And I am the first to admit how surprised I am that here we are on November 7th, right? The 7th. And a trade was made. It involved Matthew Shane. 
It involved the Colorado Avalanche and Joe Sackick, and I feel like Joe Sackick didn't get the worst of it. And I'm 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 stunned. I really am. Yes, and and just just for for background for the listeners, they should realize <laughs> that after our last podcast in the playoffs, you and I uh, basically stormed out and said we weren't doing another show until Matt Duchesne was traded. That was our protest, yes. It was in solidarity with Matt Duchesne and, and <laughs> it, in hindsight, maybe a miscalculation because we thought it was going to be two weeks and it ended up taking like six months for this deal to get done. But it it did get done and I, you know, whenever there's a trade, especially a th- like a trade involving three teams, I feel like we're supposed to just immediately declare winners and losers and and these guys did well and these guys didn't i i kind of like this trade for all three teams oh my like goodness. I, you're, you're so out of practice right now you have to rip one team and praise the another seriously. team that's how a podcast I, it, works it, this is yeah this is we're doing we're doing the second season all positive just so people know the first season was nothing but complaints and and grievances and <laughs> this one it's just going to be uh, sunshine and rainbows so yeah the the avalanche get not really what they said or the, what we were told they were trying to get. They didn't get the fabled pick prospect and player type deal uh, where you get somebody back who, who's going to slot in your lineup right away and, and help immediately. Some of these guys um, might might play for them, but they didn't get somebody who immediately kind of steps into Duchesne's spot in the lineup and, uh, as well as the futures, but they did get a ton of, of assets back. And, and I think that given what Joe Sackick was up against, I, I think you have to be, I think if you're a realistic avalanche fan, you have to be happy with this. If, if you had maybe bought into the idea that you were going to get as much as, as was suggested they were asking for, then, then maybe it's a bit of a letdown. Uh, it's it's a little bit of a quantity over quality approach, mm-hmm. but when you're as bad as the Avalanche, I mean, you need you need some lottery tickets, and and the best way to win the lottery is to get a lot of tickets, and and so they 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 got, I mean, really seven assets, but but really six. Andrew Hammond is more of a salary dump, but uh, you know that's that's not bad for one guy, especially in today's NHL. Uh, that, that's uh, that's a pretty decent haul, and you know what? It also it works for it works for Joe Sackick because now we can't really evaluate the trade for right. for a few more years. So it <laughs> buys him some time uh, of not getting constantly ripped for uh, for for not getting enough back because we don't really know what he got back yet. See, to me, I thought when Matthew Shane got traded, it was going to be the way Kyle Turris got traded, where the team that picked up Matthew Shane was going to do what Nashville did. They're getting a center. They can plug him in on their second line, and they're instantly better because they really didn't trade anything off of their current roster that they use on an everyday basis. And Matt Duchesne ends up going to a place where I admit he's a little bit better than Kyle Turris, probably. But that just seems like, like if I'm Ottawa, that seems like a lot to give up because you don't want to re-sign Kyle Turris for the money Kyle Turris wants when you're just going to give that money to Matt Duchesne in a year anyway. And you had to give up all this other stuff, like future stuff for sure, to to get that guy. 
and Matthew Shane's going to resign there. I'm pretty sure that's how every hockey trade works, where it's like, yeah, July 1st, you're going to resign, right? Yes. Okay, great, good. I think it would take a lot to have Matthew Shane not come back. Like Eric Carlson whispered to him on June 30th, I'm not coming back. Don't don't come back here. I'm leaving. If he does that, then I understand that. But I just really think Nashville is a team that went to the Stanley Cup final last year and would have won probably if Ryan Johansson didn't get hurt. And now they've replaced they've essentially replaced Mike Fisher and James Neal with Scott Hartnell, who's been okay. He's been fine. He's not James Neal, of course. And they replaced Mike Fisher with Kyle Turris. So to me, I think they're better up front now than they were last year. And Colorado, the thing with Colorado is yeah, they got a bunch of stuff. They got a bunch of lottery tickets, but I don't know if I want Joe Sackick to be the one scratching them off. I, I'm I'm afraid of what he's going to do with the lottery tickets. Like he's going to like scratch off the lottery ticket and win like five bucks and be like, I'm buying five more lottery tickets. Like, no, 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 take your five bucks. That's good. You've, you've profited on your $1 lottery ticket. That's a good thing. And maybe he's going to buy like a lottery ticket that's already expired. I just, I don't know if I trust Joe Sackick to be that guy, but I just, I find it so weird how positive Ottawa Senators fans are because yeah, like the, it's a it's a little bit of a better center. Like Kyle Turris was that like back end, you know, he's a he's a first line center, but he's not in the top two thirds of top line centers. I would say like he's way better in Nashville as a two C than a one C in Ottawa. But man, that's just it's just so much to give up when you're just gonna have to give Matt Duchesne the money you didn't want to give Kyle Turris a year later. It just uh, I don't know. I don't yeah. know. I think everyone did it's- okay, but. Uh. It, it it was it was kind of fascinating to watch the reaction up here in Ottawa over the last few days because you, you had like on Friday we find out that this this trade is cooking and and that something is is happening and it's it's Kyle Turris is involved and Matthew Shane is involved and you know you had all these Senator fans who were like great Matthew Shane is way better than Kyle Turris this is going to be a great deal <laughs> and then the news comes down that the deal has fallen through. And the deal is dead and it's not going to happen. And you have all these Senator fans who are like, great. Kyle Turris is at least as good as Matt Duchesne. <laughs> and now, <laughs> and then two days later, the deal is back on again. And, and, you know, so Senator fans are, are back to being excited. Uh, I, I feel like the, definitely the Ottawa side of this deal is, is easily the most interesting. I mean, from Colorado's perspective, okay, it's been two years You've been trying to trade this guy. It, at some point, you got to take what you can get, and and they got a decent return. The, the thing, the thing that I will give Joe Sackick some credit for is that while all this was going on, the the Avalanche get out to a decent start. They were they were eight and five uh, when when the deal went down, and I think a a bad GM might have taken that as a signal that right. oh geez yeah. our rebuild is done we fixed the team and, <laughs> and and maybe we go and move this guy for for that more immediate help uh as opposed to to getting a package that's pretty much entirely futures and instead he did the smart thing which is to acknowledge that one good month doesn't mean that your 48 point team is suddenly uh suddenly a contender again right uh and if if it turns out that they are he can he can always turn around and use some of those assets as the season goes on to, to bring in help. But I think it's, it's pretty straightforward from Colorado's standpoint. It's, it's very straightforward forward for Nashville. You've got a, you're a good team. You're a Stanley cup contender, give up a piece of the future to make yourself better right now. And I, I think that would make sense for any team in the NHL, but especially Nashville, right? Like you look at th- that, that market, which has been kind of up and down as a hockey market over the years has this great run 
last year captures the attention of uh you know not just not just the, the city but like the the whole the whole region suddenly is you know this is the place to be this is the big story you don't want to be in a situation where you get that Stanley Cup hangover and the next season you're you're struggling along to even make the playoffs like you, this is your time as an organization to 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 really push forward so absolutely i think and, and i mean it's it's david poyle david poyle knows what he's doing when it comes to to making trades so he's he, he's kind of inherited the 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 throne as far as as the best gm in the league in terms of of, of making player for player deals so you you trust him and it makes perfect sense for nashville and then back to ottawa and and you're right like it does come down a lot of it to how much better do you think Matt Duchesne is than Kyle Turris? Because if you just look at the numbers and the production, they're pretty similar. Right. And and you could come away with the argument that that Matt Duchesne isn't all that much better than than Kyle Turris. The flip side of that is, you know, you look at who they were playing with, you look at uh, you know, what what they were doing five on five. You look at the fact that just, you know, I, I know appeal to authority and all that. And, and, and people in the hockey world can be wrong about things, but Matt Duchesne was on team Canada at the Olympics just a couple of years ago. So was Chris Kunitz. Well, th- there is that too. <laughs> yes. But, but you know, Matt Duchesne is, he was viewed as, you know, like Kyle Turris is a real good player and I think he's earned a lot of respect over, over the last few years, but he, he was never in these sorts of conversations so right Duchesne was uh, a guy they were arguing to take in front of Tavares in his draft year and whenever those guys get to the NHL like remember David Legwand like he was he was getting traded for first round picks when he was like 35 because he was a really early pick like 15 years earlier like GMs love that pedigree stuff and it's that's 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 why Duchesne is there over Kyle Turris because Ottawa likes him more so as I mean they do and they gave up you know the question of how much they gave up they they basically gave up Turris and two first round picks because they gave up the guy they took in the first round this summer and they gave up their pick next summer. Uh, and that, you know, that certainly sounds like a lot. It's maybe not as much as, as people think the, the, the prospect that they sent over to, to Colorado, he was, you know, remember Ottawa, because they made that run to the conference final, they were picking at the very end of the first round. And he's kind of one of these, there, there's this debate when you have those picks of do you swing for the fences or do you just try to make contact and 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 hit a hit a solid single and and this guy was like a, a solid single type pick low ish ceiling decent chance to play in the NHL but he's already a guy that is kind of projected as a third line center so it's it's you know you never know but the, this this isn't a guy who seems like he's going to come back and and turn into an elite player and bite them and. The 2018 first round pick is apparently protected, uh, so that if it ends up in the top ten, the, the it kicks into to 2019. So, right. uh, which is, by the way, something that way more GMs should do when they're when they're making these sorts of trades. So, I, I give Pierre Dorian credit for that, and I give him credit because you know we we just said with Joe Sack again, we're not really going to know for a few years. Uh, David Poyle has been doing this forever. I mean, he's, he's, he's got all the, you know, all the, all the credibility in the world. Puritorian's like relatively new at this job. And he's the one guy who's kind of put his neck out there on this, because if, if over the next 
70 games, if Kyle Turris outperforms Matt Duchesne, everybody is going to immediately say, well, the Senators lost this trade and, and potentially lost it badly because of everything else that they had to give up. So, you know, I, I give Pierre Darren full credit because the, there's, you know, we've talked a lot last year. I've written a lot over the years about GMs being too timid, too risk averse, kind of more interested in, in keeping their own jobs nice and, and safe and cozy rather than trying to make their teams better. And whatever you think of what the Senators did here, Pierre Dorian obviously feels like this makes the team better. He went and paid the price to do it, and he he exposed himself to probably not a small amount of risk as far as how he's going to be looked at as a GM in this league. Uh, and I, I think a lot of guys would have would have found a way to can talk themselves out of doing this sort of deal, and and instead he went and pulled the trigger, and uh, it certainly gave us a lot to a lot to talk about. You think Pierre Dorian listens to the podcast and he's like, I don't want to get ripped when these guys come back and I, I want to make a trade that's going to make everybody happy. So here I go. I no, wanna... you, you know what I think? I think Pierre Dorian li- listens to the podcast, didn't want to get ripped. But by the time it got to November, he's like, well, they're not coming back. <laughs> I, could, <laughs> I could do that. I can go one. ahead and make it. I don't, have, I don't got to worry that like the, the you know, Uncle Sean and Dave's cranky hockey complaint hour is going <laughs> to take aim at me so i think i'm safe sorry oh, pierre oh speaking of complaints i found this to be the weirdest part of the deal because it, i i thought somebody was like being sarcastic with me on twitter I, you know like people reply to you and you don't really know who they are you can't tell if they're being earnest or if they're being like sarcastic a guy replied to me about the duchene trade because i was like this isn't really all that good for ottawa it's fine but it's i don't know i i, I thought the team that got matt duchene was going to be the team loading up you know matt duchene on the, on the third line of the penguins or matt duchene on the second line of a team that's already got an awesome number one center like john tavares but i mean ottawa kind of sort of lateralish kind of a move and somebody was like well now he's three and a half hours from his hometown where he spends his, <laughs> his summers Three and a half hours. And somebody replied yeah. later and was like, actually, it's more like three. Okay, let's say it's three hours. Let's say you live three hours from the place where you grew up and you spend your summers there, your off seasons there. What's the difference if you're getting in a car in Ottawa and driving the three and a half hours or if you live in LA because you play for the Kings and you get on a plane and fly to Ottawa and then drive the three and a half hours? You're, you're home for the summer then, whether it's nine and a half hours or three and a half hours. When you're a hockey player during the season... You don't go home to your mom and dad's place yeah. to get your laundry done on your off day. <laughs> like, there's no off day. There's no weekends for players. There's the new bye week thing. But if the Ottawa Senators play on a Monday and then they don't play again till Thursday, like Matt Duchesne doesn't have Tuesday and Wednesday off. He's not. He's not going home and eating his mom's lasagna and like talking to to his dad about building a boat. He's he's going to practice the next day and he's going to practice the day after that. And let's say they play Saturday in New York and then Sunday in Ottawa and then the CBA mandated off day is Monday. He's not spending seven hours on the road driving back and forth to see his friends. First of all, he's 28 years old. Like how many of his friends still live in that town? They all probably have families and jobs. Like this idea that like his friends and family are going to come to all of his games in Ottawa. His friends and family have lives. They have jobs. You can't drive three hours, three and a half hours to go see a seven o'clock game. Hey, I'm leaving work early again. What do you mean? Well, Matthew Shane's playing at home, and it's a big game. Who's it against? Well, it's against the Devils. It's not really the biggest game. So you're leaving work early at 3 o'clock for the 12th time in a row and to go see an Ottawa Senators game. Well, Matthew Shane wants me to, wants me to be there. 
oh, so you're going to hang out with him after the game? Well, no, he's actually got to go home and go to bed. He has practice the next day. I, I don't understand the whole rationale of why that's a that's a draw for because Duchesne even said it at the press conference. He's like, yeah, it's great to be close to where I grew up. I mean, you're a grown ass man. Like, you have a job. Like, why would that factor into where you're going to sign your last big contract? The distance from where you spent, the distance of the drive to where you spend your off seasons. That blows my mind. Like, can you imagine if the LA Kings were like set up for the next like five, six years and they gave Duchesne a great offer and he's like, well, driving to LAX sucks. I don't, I don't want to do that. I'd rather just get in my car after the season and drive on the Mississauga Highway or whatever it is. Is that what it's called? I don't know if that's what it's called or not. But that, that like, I, Matthew Shane's going to resign there for sure. But I just, I don't understand why where he puts his feet up in the summer matters so much when it comes to the distance from where the hockey rink is, where he plays half of his games. It's so, so if, bizarre to me. If I know anything about guys in their mid twenties who are successful and rich, <laughs> what they really want is to have their, their immediate family and yeah, all their high school friends right nearby with access to them at, at all times. Yeah, it is. It is a little bit, uh, but he doesn't yeah, have that, high school that, friends. He played junior hockey. He was he he, he played in Brampton. Yeah. Like he 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 doesn't. That's the other thing too. Is like his friends probably don't all live there. Like all of his friends don't have. I mean, wait, is it true all Canadians have cottages that they go to in the summer? It seems like every every summer on Twitter, it's like off to the cottage, and I'm like, why am I still in my crappy apartment in New Jersey? Why why there's, can't I get a there's cottage? Like, there's like eight Canadians who have cottages, and the rest of us just pretend to be friends with them so that we can <laughs> get invited up. Uh, I don't know. I, I that like that may totally be a Canadian thing where it's just so clo- cool to be close to your family or something. I don't know, but it just seems crazy to me that he would decide where he's going to play hockey for the next seven or eight years, depending on how far it is from where he he fishes in in August. But I don't know. So you think it is? You think it's a sure thing that he signs long term? I, I feel that I feel like that Ottawa wouldn't do the trade unless they had like a wink wink handshake type thing because they can't they can't extend them until the season's over. So they can't just be like, hey, we got you and here's but here's eight more years. But that's a long time for like a yeah. you know, a wink wink sort of deal. I mean he, he could come over, he could he could light it up. He could, you know, suddenly break through and be that kind of player that that you know that point of game guy that we thought he was gonna be. Uh or it could go the other way it could go south and and what's going to be interesting is and and to be clear like i clearly they're making this trade on the assumption that they're going to sign him that that's clearly the the idea here and most players do end up signing uh their extensions with with the teams they're with but for whatever reason ryan reynolds here from mint mobile with the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Or seem to get off the ground like the, a lot of the reports kind of behind the scenes up here that have come out in the last couple of days are, are that they were never close with him and yeah you do kind of wonder what the senators are going to be fascinating to watch next offseason like starting on july 1st when they can start extending these guys because they've got they've got matthew shane who they just gave up a ton to get mm. 
They've got Eric Carlson, who is he's got one year left on his deal after this year. So he's a free agent in 2019, which means he can sign an extension next summer. And he, this is a guy that, I mean, if, if he went to the senators and said, I want to make 12 million bucks a year, I, I don't know that they'd have a really good argument not to pay him that. Uh, I mean, he's, he's making, I think six and a half now he's, he's one of the most underpaid players mm-hmm. in the league. Uh, and then they've also got Mark Stone that they, they need a new deal with. And that would be, that would be tight for, for any team. Uh, but let alone the senators who, who, as we all know, tend to be a little bit reluctant to, to spend money. Cheap. And you can say, you can say they're still, they're yeah, cheap. that that's, cheap. I mean, they're still locked into Bobby Ryan. They're still yeah. locked into Dion Phaneuf. This is where those deals, you know, unless they can find a way out, if they, if they can find, uh, you know, find find a way to to escape from those deals, they're going to start running out of room really quickly. And especially if Eric Carlson comes in and and demands just just market value, you know, for not not that he he tries to even hold him hostage, but he just uh, I mean he should be the highest paid defenseman in the league. So, boy, it's uh, what do you think Duchesne gets? Like, what do you think his cap hit is? I was thinking like something around th- eight and a half was my guess. Because I, I, you know I, what, if, I feel, I mean, I feel I like if tourists, he had I, to sign right now, he's. I, I think. I mean, if he signs right now, I think he's more of a. He, he's in that tourist range. I mean, I, I think tourists getting six times six. Uh, you know, I think Duchesne probably gets a little bit more than that, but I, I don't know that he gets much past seven. Yeah, interesting. But you know, this time again, this time next summer, after he's. After the Senators have just given up a bunch to get him, let's say he, you know, let's assume this goes the way Ottawa wants it to go. He plays well. He's a he's a bona fide number one. They make the playoffs. They, you know, maybe maybe have a, a bit of a run again. And everybody in town loves Matt Duchesne. Everyone's buying their number ninety five jerseys, and you know he's he's one of the new faces of your franchise. At that point, yeah, the the number the number goes up a little bit and you know, it's going to be, like I said, it's going to be fascinating to see just how they play it. Like, I mean, do you, do you put everything on hold until you get Eric Carlson signed? You know, that, that would seem to be one way to do it, but you know, on the other hand, uh, you know, if, if he ends up waiting, then, then everybody waits. It's, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see how they handle it. And it's going to be very interesting in, as we start to get a sense of, how the Carlson thing is going to go when, and if you start hearing stories leak out of Ottawa that maybe Eric Carlson is asking for too much, or maybe Eric Carlson needs to take that hometown discount to keep the team together and be a leader and all of this stuff and, and kind of see how that, uh, how all of that starts playing out in terms of who puts what out there strategically. Um, it's 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 going to be interesting and and certainly if they could if they could move Ryan or Fanuf that makes everything a lot easier but i don't know that they're necessarily a sure thing to uh, to lock up Matt Duchesne. and 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 for the record even if they even if they don't even if they've just kicked the can down the road and and Duchesne a year from now is the same situation as Turs that's still worth something because you have this window while Carlson's the best defenseman in the world and while he's underpaid yeah and you know so yeah i mean if you can get you've got two years left of eric carlson as a six million dollar defenseman if you have a number one defenseman for both of those years instead of just one of them then that's that's worth something 
Number one, but, center, uh, you, center, you mean? Yeah, it's going to be fun to watch. Um, you know, that's a good point about the hometown discount because Matthew Shane grew up just a stone's throw. Well, like 145 stones throws. <laughs> he's only three and a half hours away, so it'll probably, probably take like an eight-year, $8 million deal because he's so close to, to where he hangs out in the offseason. I don't know. I it's, it's, it's fine for Ottawa. It's just so weird how Ottawa fans – it's so funny like the last time we did a podcast i believe we were talking about how boring ottawa is and people got mad about that and then now we're gonna do a podcast about how ottawa's trade is like "Eh, it's fine and people are gonna get mad about that so it's almost like we really didn't miss four or five months of time we're just just hitting the ground running man pissing off ottawa fans praising the predators and just eh, joe sackick whatever you know i still i'd like i don't know i i I don't know if the senators are going to win this deal but i i like that they made it and i like that if you, if you strip away the three team aspect of it and just look at it like purely from ottawa's perspective this is a very old school trade you know like they traded their number one center for another number one center like we used to see these deals happen in the nhl a lot but now it it, it almost almost every trade is either two guys you never heard of or it's somebody right now for somebody in the future, or every once in a while, it's like, I'll trade you a forward for a defenseman because we both have these, these, these holes in the roster. You you almost never see this position for position. Like, I just think this guy is better than that guy. So I want this guy on my team instead. And like, you know, like I said, we're, we're going to be talking about what Colorado got and debating it for five years. It's going to take, five weeks before people are going to start declaring whether Ottawa won or lost this trade. And uh, it's, you know, they, they put their necks out on it and uh, I'm, I'm interested to see how it goes. And, but I, yeah, I would, I would not want to be someone in the Ottawa Senator front office. If, you know, Kyle Turris jumps out and gets 10 points in his first five games with the Predators. All right. So we have, we have about 10 minutes left and we missed the first month of the season. So uh, what do you want to do? You want to just you want to just just pick a team, pick a team that we both why think is crappy. Why, why don't we maybe just hit on a couple of the the, the real surprise teams and, and sort of do like a minute each? And just is is this a real or fake? Okay, let's go. Let's um, do it. Let's do it. We got nine minutes. Okay. Let's do it. Boom. All right. Who's first? Vegas. New, real or fake? New Jersey Devils. Uh, first re- place in the Metro. Real ish. They're they're not this good, but they might be good enough yeah. to be that bad team that makes the playoffs, as opposed to last year when they were just bad and they were like nine three and three. So I'll say yeah. real ish. Okay, I, I think I'm I'm on more or less the 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 side. I, I I don't know. I like them quite as much as you do, but. Yeah, they're 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 pretty good. They're um, this we we chatted about this uh, on emails just a little bit. Just the Rangers had a terrible start. Now they're hot. This is your team that you kind of yeah. see more than anyone else. Yeah, it's, everything it's, okay there? It's the worst. Um, th- they're still weirdly kind of badish because they've won four in a row. They came back to beat Vegas when Vegas was playing the second half of a back to back on the road, and the Rangers basically came back and stormed their fourth string goalie. They won two games in overtime in Florida. They played well in the Tampa game. They didn't really play so well in the Florida game. And they probably would have lost the Columbus game if the Blue Jackets didn't commit three really stupid penalties in the third period in the offensive zone. And they got three power play goals out of it. So uh, I, I, I tend to think they're maybe – this is kind of who they are. Like they're a little bit better than a 500 team. I didn't think they are going to make the playoffs before the year. So what was the option, real or bad? Bad-ish. Yeah, real, real or fake? Real or fake? Fakeish. They're, the Devils are realish. The Rangers are fakeish. They're probably somewhere. So, in the so really, the Rangers are kind of real in terms of what 
their record is right now, that that's about right. where you yeah they're, they're, they're five hundred. When they were three seven and two, it, they weren't a three seven and two. That, that's like the Avs last year. They're not that bad. Yeah, and and I feel like Montreal is kind of the other one that if if we were doing this two weeks ago, we'd be talking about yeah them hitting rock bottom. They're they're about the same uh-huh. with the caveat that I'm I'm nervous about this Carey Price injury. You know, I know they say oh, it's you Wait, know Carey Price is hurt. No way. Cup. Has that ever just going to miss a couple of games? Before? Just going to, you know, just a tweak. He'll be fine. But we've been down this road before. So, I mean, I think anytime you talk about the Canadians, it's always implied that it comes with a disclaimer that if Carey Price missed a big chunk of time, they're screwed. But yeah, I mean, they, they weren't going to shoot 3% all year. And, and it's no, no big surprise that, that they're, they're, uh, that they're scoring now. Yeah. Uh, the three teams at the bottom of the East, Carolina, Florida, Buffalo, all three teams kind of thought they were going to be in the playoff race this year. Florida did. Florida was stupid to think that. Buffalo, for well, sure. Florida's, Buffalo's yeah. Buffalo's letting me down, Sean. I really thought Buffalo was going to be good. What do you do if you're the the Sabres? <sighs> like, I I, I keep getting quit. messages from Sabres fans who are like, "What should we do? Just like, what, what the, drink heavily? They fired. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's pretty much it. They fired the coach. They fired the GM. They they tried to rebuild the blue line. You know, it's and they're here. They're they're dead last again. Like Jack Eichel's breaking sticks and mm-hmm. stuff. This is like you can't even you can't even say well you rebuild. I mean that they, they don't they haven't finished the first rebuild yet. How do you you can't start over again? But oh, man, I don't. Sabers to me are like the saddest team. I think so far this year. Even I would put them even like on the misery index, even below the Oilers. Because yeah. I still feel like the Oilers are going to turn it around. Like the Oilers' issues are going to be in the playoffs when they don't have enough depth. Like their their their, their issues shouldn't be, because that division the Oilers play in is so bad too. They're eventually going to catch everybody, I think, once once they're, like, like dry side on this the beginning of the season. They got, yeah. I mean, they're seven points back. I didn't really realize how. Of the playoffs? That's funny. Dire. They're seven points out of a, out of a wild card right now. That's plenty of time. But they'll, they'll be. I think. I mean, I think they'll be fine. Like I'm kind of down on the Oilers, but I don't think they're going to miss the playoffs. Bad. I think they're just. They just have too many holes up front. Bad. But I think they have enough studs. I mean, the big thing last year was Cam Talbot was stopping every single high danger chance he faced, and now this year, shocking. If you keep giving up high danger chances, more of them are going to go in than you want. And now he's giving up like one more goal per game than he did last year, and that's a big reason why they're losing. So, I think it'll all correct and and sort of. Uh, Benjamin Button it and meet in the middle. Yeah, that's a pretty good. I haven't said that term in a while. People get that movie the, reference, right? Benjamin Button, old guy. Sure. Oh yeah, timely. Timely. Sure. The the uh, at the top of the Pacific, like I think we would agree, Vegas. Nice story. Fun, fun to see them doing well. Uh, I mean, they're yeah better than we expected, but nobody's no. thinking that this is going to challenge. Or, uh, what about the Kings? Are you buying in on this? Let me tell you about the LA Kings, Sean. There was, a, there was a sports writer who works for Vice Sports who went to Las Vegas and, and did some gambling recently and had a three-team parlay where the two early games in his three-team parlay featured the underdogs winning outright. The uh, I believe the Devils beat the Leafs in Toronto, and I believe the Penguins beat the Capitals in Washington. And my favorite – oh, did I say my? Is this about me? It is. The Kings lost in overtime to the Calgary friggin' Flames at home. That's like their one loss this season, and they happen to lose that game costing me approximately $200 on a $20 bet. So, um, no, the Kings suck. They're terrible. So what you're saying is you're not going to be able to be objective on this. 
Well, no, objectively, the Kings, the Kings are mean okay. jerks, and I don't think they should ever win a game ever again. No, they're probably... I, I, by the way, I thought that I was surprised that wasn't a bigger deal last month. Was where Drew Doughty was like, "Hey, someone was like, hey, Drew, what's the big difference this year?'" And he basically said, "I fucking hated my coach last year. He was miserable. He made our lives miserable, and now he's gone forever, and I'm happy." Everyone was like, "I feel like oh. we we've all kind of weirdly agreed that like Drew Doughty can say whatever he want, and nobody gets that upset." Like over the summer, there was that time where he was like, "Ah, you know, I'd love to play in Toronto sometime," and everybody was like, "Eh." We know what he meant. Ah, Drew. <laughs> You're like, what? We're doing that now? Right. P.K. Sub- so. P.K. Subban gives money to a hospital, and it's like, oh, that's selfish P.K. Subban. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah. What? Why? Why is? Wh- I, huh? I don't understand. But the, the Kings are the Kings are good again. They'll they'll be. They, I mean, they were always good. They just couldn't score, and now they're getting some goals. They play in yeah. a crappy division. They're good. It's not a not a good division. Yeah. All right, we got uh, five minutes. Did you want to do some? Reader questions. I thought I saw a couple of good ones, and now I'm not going to be able to find them, and I'm going to end up like... Oh, here's a question. Heidi Klum asks, Sean, why are you so handsome? Oh, look at that. Good for you, Sean. <laughs> oh, God. Who, who really... Who among us can say? <laughs> I didn't realize she was a big uh, fan of the podcast. That's that's pretty awesome. Yeah, there, there are some good ones. I'm scrolling down because we actually... there Man, there were a lot. By the way, thank you very much to everyone who spent like the last six months constantly asking us if the podcast was coming back. Yeah, good job harassing the person who runs the Vice Sports social oh. media account to, to drive that person insane for the past four months with tweets about biscuits. They're probably like, what biscuits? I don't eat biscuits. My my apologies to everyone who I constantly was telling that uh, like, <laughs> oh yeah, we'll we'll have an update tomorrow. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and then, uh, oh, it's coming. Yeah, yeah. We're, we got like, I've, I've had in my Twitter bio for like a month, like, you know, biscuits, but down goes brown, probably. And then I had to keep changing it to like, I'm not sure. Actually, no, it's gonna. Well, actually, I'm not positive again. I should probably update that now. Uh, let me. Uh, we'll just do this this one question because I just thought this was this was kind of creative. Uh, Chris in the six wants to know if you could mix two teams from the East and two teams from the Western Conference. Hmm. Who, who? Which two teams would you use to get the best? combined team that would win a series so so in other words you're going to take two teams from the east two teams from the west make two super teams okay i'm not taking like two i'm not taking like two bad teams no okay i would take see i would take nashville i'd probably take nashville for their d in the west and then forward wise in the west Hmm. That's a good question. I was thinking. I was thinking Nashville, Chicago. I was just gonna say first. Chicago. Yeah, but like Chicago's bottom six isn't so great. Corey Crawford. Oh right, I would have to. I'm assuming there's no cap in this in this situation. So you get the, you get the the solid goalie. You get Duncan Keith plus the Preds defense, and uh, yeah. and you get the, all that that firepower up front. So I like that. And then the East is tougher. Because the East, you don't have like that one rock solid blue line. Mm, yeah, I was. Grab. I watched the game last night where a guy named Steve Camper played like 15 minutes and they won. So it's kind of weird over here in the East. Penguins forwards, obviously, I think are the ones you want to go with. But who would I combine them with here? I got to figure this out quick because I think we have like 30 seconds to do this. Uh, Columbus, Ryan Murray, Seth Jones. You know what? No, know. you know what? Screw it. You know what I'm saying? I'm doing. Bobrovsky. Columbus, Columbus would be good because you get the goaltending, but I'm going to go. I'm, I'm saying Pittsburgh, Washington. I'm going all forwards. Brain Holpe in that is on his own. Yeah. It's Chris Letang and 
and five scrubs, Chris and we're tiny. just going to try to win every game 10 to 9. Brooks Orpic, yeah, that's good. All right, well, folks, we're going to be back next week, unless, you know, maybe something happens. Who the heck knows? Uh, thank you for waiting. Thank you for being patient. Um, and thank you for going on iTunes and giving us five stars for this 38-minute episode. That's pure gold. Uh, read us on the internet. That's all I got to say. Say goodbye to everybody, Sean. Sign us off. See you, everyone. <laughs> Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.